Welcome to Justice Losers, the podcast where we talk about pop culture media, namely movies, TVs, and comics. I'm your host, Preston, joined as always by a delightful co-host, Matt, Matt. Matt, what should people do? Like, subscribe, tell a friend. Um, specifically, check out our... I don't know. Instagram is Instagram? about to get overhauled. So, yeah. So, check out our Instagram. It's completely empty right now. Yep. Go subscribe to that for pictures of... I don't know. We're not in charge anymore. Yeah. We've... Kind of relieving. We, uh, we, have, we have some friends that are will- willing to... Help us out with the marketing side of it. Uh, we have a professional marketing team that we have hired. Yes. They're good. I have hired them with compliments. I, I pay them with compliments and gratitude. and Oh, I, I pay them with oral sex. Oh. Both of them? Yes. Simultaneously. Oh. What a talented man. I really am. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, so we're going to, like, the, the, the Instagram is going to be a lot better. Yeah. Um, cause one of the things that the recurring joke with us talking to them is that no one wants to see a picture of a shoe inside of another shoe, which is what one of those pictures was. It was my boot inside my other boot. I want to see it. Um, so it's going to be better stuff. Um, we don't know exactly what it's going to look like in two months, but, um, yeah, but it will be there will be a solid change at episode 150. I think we can kind of hint towards that. Yeah, that's the goal. Get people excited for 150. 150 is going to be a big episode. Yes, it is. You won't. We're not going to tell you what it's about, and we're not going to tell you what's going to happen around episode 150. But things are happening. Look, look for look look ahead for episode 150. It's going to end up being a backup, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so bad and we just start like we start branding and marketing and advertising like leading to episode 150 and then episode 150 is just a fucking butterfly effect episode and no one cares <laughs> that'd be on brand yeah but yeah things are things are moving things are moving quickly uh lots of discord meetings yep a lot of discord well, we've had like two so two discord meetings uh, it's more, a lot of emails. Yep. It's more meetings than I had for my, many of my other jobs this week. Mm-hmm. So, And we can't really say that we doubled or anything our number of meetings since before because it'd still be zero. Right. A lot of meetings. A lot of meetings. It is indeterminately more. <laughs> the bureaucratic machine is stifling my creativity. <laughs> Uh, oh, yeah, I think that's also something we should address. Don't worry. Any changes we're, make, we're making, we, Matt and I are very careful to keep this, the spirit of the podcast. It's still going to be terrible, though. It's still going to be bad. Uh, we're going we're gonna to find what, what, what kind of episodes work and then format things around those. Like, we're going to try to make better content. Um, still bad, but better. Yeah. That's we're going to be the best, true. worst podcast ever. That's a good goal. There we go. Let's do it. All right. Cool. Matt, what you been up to? I've actually been up to some stuff. Ooh. Yeah, Hannah's been out of town, so I've been watching and reading stuff. When Aww, I have lonely boy. Of, yeah, it's, it's very sad. Um, <laughs> well, I finished season one of Avatar. <gasps> what did you think of the giant water man? Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty cool stuff. I'm, yeah. I'm really getting into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, I, I finished it on like Thursday, and I've been like, Okay, I want to watch more, but I kind of want to just be at a good stopping place so yeah. I can talk about that. And yeah, no, season one's really solid. I'm mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to seeing it pick up from here. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, just I'm really enjoying the world building. Like yeah, the, uh, 
the face stealers just like oh dude miyazaki the... meets stephen king <laughs> <laughs> good stuff yeah that is it's a uh, such good stuff like it, it really like it does an amazing job of developing ang's comfort with the spirit world yeah like because it starts off where he's just like what the fuck is this why can't i bend a panda and then like mm -hmm. he's just like completely unknown it's just a mystery to him and then he's like okay i can go into the spirit world that's a thing i can do mm -hmm. and so this part like going to the face stealer is just like i can go into the spirit world and talk to a spirit i don't know what's gonna happen there's a monkey with no face oh god <laughs> yeah no, and I, I really love – I think it's just a really well-written scene. Like, a worse show would break its own rules and have him show emotion but then get out of it somehow. Yeah. Through some convoluted explanation that they make mm. up at the last second to save everything. Cough, cough, JK Rowling. <laughs> like, they actually just – they the way they do the scene, he maintains the state of motionlessness. And they're like – the whole time you're, like, on edge. You're like, yeah. is he going to break? I would break. Yeah. How is he uh, – uh, there's just Good like stuff. i do love that moment where uh, uh, yeah it is it's a tension that you would not expect from something like this yeah and there's just like the moment where he's like oh like the he, he does have the reaction his face goes wide i'm right. doing the facial re facial expression right. right now his face goes wide and then it uh what's what's the spirit's name uh whips around and then it, like when it gets back to him he's like back to emotionless right it's just like yeah like you said it, it stays to its own rules um did you there's a reference okay in one of the faces that i can't remember me neither cool because there was the one that was like uh you saw roku's wife's face right um no Isn't no it? i'm wrong there's well that that one yes okay. uh there's another one that i can't explain because it's a big spoiler for the end of the show okay so never mind okay. we'll talk about it way later okay also i'm pretty sure it's wrong anyway so i'm glad i didn't say it so that's just one thing i don't have to cover in my prescient election that one that one that we all know what we're talking about now yes <laughs> uh yeah cool yeah anything else um Speaking of TV, uh, I started watching Umbrella Academy season two. Oh, I was going to beat you to it. Damn it. Huh. I, I can't remember. You didn't really like Umbrella Academy, did you? I did not like the first season. I didn't hate it, but it was kind of just aggressively mediocre for yeah. me. Um, season two, I don't know if it got a lot better or I got a lot less mature, but I'm totally <laughs> into it. <laughs> I was trying to look for a review and I my phone was being stupid because like, I wanted to see if it did suffer from sequelitis. Because this is... If I'm not wrong, this is still following the books. I'm, I don't know anything about the books, but from the titles I've seen on Amazon, this one is still following the yeah. books in some sense. Yeah. Um, so what, what's, what's the premise? I don't really know the premise. So at the end of season one, spoilers for the end of season one, um, in order to dodge the apocalypse, five rounds up the siblings and they time travel back. Yep. He kind of messes it up, and he drops them all off in the same place, which is a, an alley in downtown Dallas, but at different times between 1960 and October 1963, which, if you remember your history, is very close to a very significant date, November October. 22nd, 1963. 
November 22nd, 1963. I don't remember my history. That's JFK assassination. Oh! In Dallas. Oh! So, there's oh, a... Oh, There's a... I, I guess if you haven't seen anything, I don't want to spoil, but there's a, a very cool moment just like five minutes in that sets up the stakes, and it's just kind of completely out of left field, and it's really cool. Cool. Um... You know, it's, I need to watch it. It's still doing a lot of the... I'm four episodes in. Okay. Um, it's still doing a lot of the stuff that kind of annoyed me from the first season, but there's a lot of stuff where I'm like, yeah, I'm really digging this. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a scene where a couple of characters break out of an asylum at the end of the first episode, and mm-hmm. it's got the um, the coming home baby song. Do-do-do. Okay. song. You've heard it. You've heard yeah, it. I'm it's, sure it's I have. And stuff. Yeah. Um, and there's these uh, kind of this trio of, of villains. It's sort of the Hazel and Cha-Cha of this uh-huh. one. Um, chasing down the, the fugitives um, through this this asylum as, like, the alarms are going off and stuff. But the song's playing. There's a lot of, like, cool low angles where the villains are all kind of walking in rhythm with the music. And it just tickles my brain in mm-hmm. the exact right way. Yeah, it, it harkens back to Baby Driver, probably. Like, the music yeah, is really, like, it just plays. a little bit. It's just, it's really satisfying. I can't quite explain it. And mm-hmm. then... So here's a question for you. Uh, do you think it? it's not that maybe they got better or that you got m- less mature? Do you think it's like maybe you're developing your ability to like – because you do, you do have a good ability to adjust your brain to the, what you're watching. Like right. you can watch a rom-com and enjoy it and turn off your critical side. Right. Is it – you, if it's do you a think good rom-com. Yeah, but uh, do you think it's – but there's still that element where you're mm-hmm. not – critiquing all the theme and everything of a rom-com right. do you think it's, maybe you're developing your ability to enjoy any media for what it is um like you're going into this ex- having no. now experienced the first season so you're like okay i kind of know what this is going to be mm-hmm. so your brain kind of dumbs itself down to I'm, enjoy it for what it is i'm sure it helped that i went in with pretty low expectations um there are still moments that i'm like oh that's really don't don't do that yeah but like yes yeah, I, I don't know. We'll see how it pans out. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering if that, that might be the thing. Because I feel, personally, I feel like that's a great ability for people who consume entertainment. Like, yeah. consume media entertainment. Because, like, then you can enjoy... It's it's the same reason why when I... Um, I don't have that great of an ability. Right. Um, At least to a certain threshold. Like, if I'm watching something bad, I'm just like, no, it's just bad and I don't want to watch it again. Right. I mean, there is no reasonable threshold that will ever make me enjoy Hellboy. Um, That's true. Yeah, no, like, I still, I've got the sense that's like, okay, this is a bad version. I've tuned my brain into what this is supposed to be, and this is still missing the mark. Okay. Because, you know what I'm saying? I think there's a really good, like, that's a good talent that maybe critics have. That Because uh, one of the things is, like, I was talking to my sister and my girlfriend about this, that... They don't like watching movies that instill anxiety. We're going to do an episode about how movies mm-hmm. do that and why they do that. Um, because they don't like feeling stress when they're trying to go into ex- escapism, which is right. what you do with movies and stuff. Um, meanwhile, for us, like I... Huh? If you're watching them wrong. Well, um, <laughs> I do experience a lot of stress and anxiety in my life, but I have a very it's a very different one in movies. Right. Like it's a, I have a movie stress and a life stress and I love the movie stress. Like I, I experience stress and dread and anxiety in real life, but then I'll still watch the hunt, which is just so stressful 
and just sad and visceral, but I enjoy it so much. Yeah. And that's because I have this, like, I, it's not developed, but there is an ability for you to change your brain to the medium. Yes. I feel like there's a bigger discussion to be had with that. I think there is. We'll have to Let's, uh, figure out what, what our what our purpose for that is. Write yeah. that in your little notes. Something, something about... Something uh, about the ability to watch mediums. The, yeah, about experiencing different media differently. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll put that in my notes. Um, anything else you've been doing? Yes. Uh, okay. But go ahead and hop I'll in do and one do of something mine. while I write this note. Uh, so I finished reading Wonder Woman. Okay. okay. First, I want to complain about something okay. with, the, with DC. So I'm going to do a full video breaking down how the New 52 failed. Okay. Uh, we're, I'm, I'm writing the script for that right now. There's basically four big reasons. I've talked about it on the episode, but it's going to be a much more concise and with visual aids of explaining everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am currently in the second chunk of the New 52. So the way that I did it is I went through the entire New 52 docket and I bought the first three volumes like i have the spreadsheet that breaks down when volumes happen because of the mm-hmm. waves and like they started started lines a couple of years after the new 52 started so i went from 2011 through about 2013 and i bought the first three volumes of everything mm-hmm. and then i bought a whole bunch of other stuff and now i'm working on my second chunk which is anything from there until issue number 40 mm-hmm. so i'm getting all of the all of the stuff through issue number 40 so basically, I'm ending. I'm buying everything that's right before convergence, okay. which is this big fucking thing. Right. Then I'm gonna buy. Then I'm gonna do convergence. Then I'm gonna do everything after convergence before rebirth, and then right. I'll be caught up, kind of. Um, In some sense. So the problem I'm facing is some of the stories, like Wonder Woman and Green Arrow. They issue number forty happens in like every every issue number forty is the last issue of a collected of mm-hmm. a trade paperback. But sometimes it's the sixth one and sometimes it's the seventh one, mm-hmm. which is fine. Except you've seen my, my bookshelf that they're all a consistent spine. That's what they did for the first six volumes of everything right. is they're all the same spine style. Right. And they look good on a shelf. Issue number seven or volume number seven is when they drop the new 52, uh, banner uh. <laughs> and they change the spine. Uh. So now I've got Wonder Woman, Green Arrow, two of the Death Strokes, and what I will have is and I and the Flash is on its way, number seven. They're all a red spine. <laughs> so do I put them like do I do like put them where they belong in the sequence, or do I start my own a, a different little section of my bookshelf for all the dropping the new fifty two things? Because then what I'll have is like the the Flash, Green Arrow, and Wonder Woman all belong in the Justice League family. So if mm-hmm. I look through the Justice League alphabetically, it's like uh, Captain Adam, Aquaman, like all the same color, and then the Flash, EFG, yeah, the Flash, and then Flash Seven is red, and then back to the thing, and then it's right. Green Arrow Seven, and then back to the thing, and then until Wonder Woman, and it's Wonder Woman Seven, and just weird. How do I do that? Do I just make a new section? My girlfriend said to make a new section. There are no rules. I'm going to shuffle all of my comics and just throw it on the shelf, but not straight up, not vertically. I'm going to put it all horizontal and just lay them. Mm-hmm. Man, that just hurt me to think about. Anyway, so I've been reading Wonder Woman. You know who writes Wonder Woman? George Perez. No. Uh, he, he did. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Brian Azzarello. Oh. Who, you've read Batman Damned. I have not. You have not? No. 
Okay, but you know who Brian Azzarello is? I'm aware. You know how good he is? I am aware you... that other people say he is good. Okay. He is very good. Okay. Um, he wrote Batman Damned. He wrote this. Uh, I bought the first volume of uh, 100 Bullets, which he wrote. Like, he's mm-hmm. he's one of the guys that he's not Brian Michael Bendis level, but he's, like, just below him. Okay. <laughs> uh, he's he's one of the top guys. He's one of the ones you want. People, mm-hmm. You want. Like, he's a, he's a um, yeah, you get my point. We should get him on board with our stuff. Yes. Hey, I have this whole thing about a deaf detective. Just finish it. <laughs> Make it good. Um, so here's the thing. Most story, most of the volumes or most of the, the titles in the New 52 follow a similar structure of maybe a story that kind of follows. It, it, a volume collects a story or maybe it kind of goes over two volumes. So right. Batman, you have the Court of Owls storyline, which is about two volumes. Mm-hmm. Um Green Arrow is bad for the first three volumes where it's like two issues, two issues, three issues, two issues. And then there's a three volume arc, stuff like that. It's kind of hit or miss one story over six volumes. You have my attention. It is. It's from the beginning. It is this slow development to a large climax at the very end. Like it's, it, it is one coherent, consistent story it it has about three phases Mm -hmm. where it's like this is who the bad guy and what they're doing is but they all play into this ultimate conclusion Mm -hmm. and it's so cool like it's it's it like he's such a good writer he overplays the l cut and j cut method where Mm -hmm. um you're reading you're reading a scene and then there's a box that's actually from the next scene, but the box with the line kind of makes sense with the scene that you just read. Yeah. Where it's just like, that can be done very well. Um, witches, it, witches does that like every time it cuts scenes. Yes, it is done really well. Okay. It just happens all the time. Yeah. And you're like, okay, I get it. But he does this really cool thing that like, basically, so wonder woman's deal is with the Greek gods right. all the time. And he has reimagined all the Greek gods to be a more modern version. So Eros, instead of having a bow and arrow, he's Cupid basically, mm-hmm. has t- uh, dual pistols. Um, okay. And with uh, um, he has Hephaestus, who's the forge. Right. He, he, he looks like a guy that's just like a forge guy. Like he's he looks more alien. He's kind of got like his hands are kind of like molten, mm-hmm. uh, like uh, iron oxide kind of scaling. Yeah. Uh, if you ever, I don't know if you ever watch forging stuff. Not really. It looks his arm looks like it's a for like it's a forged iron thing. It's kind of cool. Okay. His arms. Um uh Apollo is a like ebony like he looks like he's made of ebony wood with mm-hmm. his eyes being glowing. So he's a sun god right. and he's very urban. Like so his whole thing is he's in like skyscrapers and stuff. Okay. Um because he wants to be close to the sun. Mm-hmm. Um and it's just there's it's so cool how they reimagine everything um and there's every character has an arc like every greek god has an arc amid the whole thing like and he does not shy away from straight up killing gods okay they don't come back <laughs> like um so like and i'm not going to tell you who dies or how they dies mm-hmm. but there's just so the the premise is at the very beginning Zeus is gone. Mm-hmm. We don't know where Zeus went. But there's the whole prophecy that one of the children of Zeus is going to kill Zeus mm-hmm. and sit on the throne. So now we they don't know who killed 
Zeus. So now it's just everyone's fighting for the throne. So the beginning is like Hera's like, I'm gonna take the throne because I'm the husband, I'm the wife. Mm-hmm. And then his two brothers, Poseidon or Hades, are like, No, we're gonna fucking take it. So then there's that whole star- story that happens. Then it ends up like the way it plays out. I'm not gonna tell you how it plays out, but Apollo sits on the throne. Okay. And when he, the moment he sits on the on the throne, the throne is it's Olympus. It's the mountain, like the classic mountain Olympus. Right. The moment he sits on it, it changes to be a skyscraper. Like the whole mm-hmm. thing just shifts to be his style. And it's really cool. And it does that multiple times because okay. another person then ends up sitting on the throne and changing it. Mm-hmm. Like, and it just. So it's Percy Jackson. I feel like there might be some Percy Jack. I, like from what I've heard from my girlfriend, cause she liked the, like the books a lot. Books are great. Um, there, I was describing it to her. And she's actually she actually wants to read it because she does like the Greek mythology, mm-hmm. and it does some really cool stuff. Like they're and they all call each other by their nicknames. Like they call Ares War, uh, mm-hmm. but they'll also occasionally mention Ares, and it's just it's cool. Yeah, I like it a lot. Like the the set, volume seven is a new writer. It's a new group, and it's her dealing with the ramifications of all that, mm-hmm. which there's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, it's it's great. Cool. What else have you done? I've got another thing to uh, say after yours. Speaking of Brian Michael Bendis and comics, I started the Daredevil Brian Michael Bendis run over oh. again because I have all three volumes of that. And yes. I'm close to 100,000 points again on YouGov so I can get the Ed Brubaker continuation of that run. Yay! Um, so I read the the first story, which is basically like a little self-contained four issues. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, it's all from Ben Urich's perspective. Daredevil didn't even show up till the end of it. And it's um, there's a kid who has been horribly traumatized by something. Somehow Daredevil is involved. Um, don't really know what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, Trial of the Kingpin is going on in the background. Um, stuff is happening. It's a, it's, it's almost kind of meta in a way, an exploration of like what superheroes mean, but within the universe, mm-hmm. like there's a, a image of the kid sitting on a bed, holding like an actual Spider-Man comic. Yeah. It's a, um, it's a, it's an interesting one yeah um and it's just it's it's really weird with the art style it's like i don't i don't remember who does it but it's like a lot of collages that's and the there's like bmb one uh yeah the first four issues it's not um malaya who does most of the rest of it um it's like uh there's like collages and there's like really rough sort of sketched out almost watercolor dropped on pencil that's how old brian michael bennis is right now how old so he works for DC. Just take a guess. 52! Yeah! <laughs> um, that had to have been on purpose. <laughs> there's a handful of just like super photorealistic drawings of character faces. Oh. Um, Interesting. Including, and I know I mentioned this last time and even posted it on our Instagram about it, uh, Peter Parker, who looks exactly like a young Leo DiCaprio. And this came out in like right. 2001. Yeah. Or 2000. Or close enough that they were still thinking of casting him as spider-man um yeah it's there a, are 11 volumes of brian michael bendis's run of the spider-man wow hey i uh, wrote a lot of spider-man yeah he did <laughs> <laughs> sorry i'm looking through his bibliography trying to find yeah. that um yeah it's uh, it's good stuff i'm excited to get back into it um i've also watched two movies uh, i watched it chapter two finally <gasps> Is it fine? It's pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's not great. Um, so is this? 
volume two, like Underboss or Out or Trial of the Century or Low Life or Hardcore or The King of Hell's Kitchen. Like any of those sound familiar? No. That's what he says. It's uh, Michael Bendis, Daredevil, Daredevil issues. Ninja. No, uh, it's issues 16 through 19 through 19. So volume two, which includes the, the oh, I guess. Okay. It okay. includes the storylines called Underboss uh-huh. and Out. Alex Maleev. Malayev. Malayev. No, he did not do those first four. He did everything else. Oh. In that volume. I don't remember. Not important. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> um, anyway, it chapter two. Um, you know, it had its moments, but it's really long. And it's a lot of just CGI monstrosities chasing screaming grownups that you're not that sympathetic to anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of... The, the final battle drags on for like 45 minutes and it's a lot of like to them just trying different things and nothing's ever really working out until they bully him until they bully him. <laughs> I did watch that scene. Yeah. Cause I didn't really care about the rest of the movie. I just it's... wanted to see how it ended. Yeah. You're a nerd. <laughs> what yeah. they call him? Like, uh, what were the, th- what was the thing they were saying over and over clown. again? Clown. Just saying clown. You're a clown. And then different insults. How how the book goes? No. How does the book go? Um, You perform the actual ritual of Chud, which they name drop in the movie, but then completely butcher. They turned it into like this weird Native American thing. Oh. Um, Where you, uh, the the actual ritual in the books is you bite each other's tongues and tell jokes to each other. It's like, it's this. What is wrong with Stephen King? So many things. Um. (laughs) It just it takes kind of the the spirit of the the book, and Hollywoodizes it into this misshapen garbled mess. So here's the question then: Does it lend itself to being in a movie format as it is? I kind of think the second half, the adult stuff, doesn't as well, because um, the the first half is like it's a nice coherent beginning, middle, end mystery. And then stakes escalate, and then they have the fight, and they mm-hmm. they win. Because um, there's an element of if they're reading it and they're going, they're trying to make the script. They're like, "Can we? Do we have to stay to the spirit of the story? Because like, the spirit of the story does not, yeah, make a good movie. <laughs> it probably doesn't. The original story is like it gets super into like Stephen King mythology and, mm. um. I did a little bit of research on the Stephen King universe and how all those things are connected and stuff. They're all connected. Yeah. The macroverse. Is that yeah. what it's called? Yep. Um, yeah. Uh, the, the, the old, the old wise black guy from the shining is in the book hmm. as a young guy. It's cool. Um, anyway, we should do an episode on how you should spend the next day reading all of the Stephen King books. <laughs> <laughs> you come out and your beard is just gray like you're just like i am dead inside you know how many pages that man has written right honestly like i don't know about the pages i just know that if you had to read like even if it wasn't if you were asked to read all of them back to back you would leave that a broken man <laughs> it's just a lot of books yeah but I, I think we should do a story of how we can make all those like work in a connected story nah no i disagree okay let's not do that okay <laughs> um yeah take that off the list it, it chapter two it's it's bad don't bother okay yeah just live with the first one okay 
Um, and then I watched The Lighthouse. Hey! Sorry about that. <laughs> Matt was kind of mad that Andrew and I watched Lighthouse without him. A little bit. Sorry. So what'd you think? What a weird movie. What a weird movie. Like, I knew it was going to be weird, but yeah. what a weird movie. And it's such, it's like, it's hilarious because you hear about that movie from people who've watched it and they're like, yeah, the first half is literally Robert Pattinson versus Seagulls. And you're like, that's probably going to be a dil- diluted what it actually is. No, it's pretty much Robert Pattinson versus yeah, Seagulls. Pretty much that and Willem Dafoe farts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so much masturbating. Oh, so much. Yeah. Was not prepared for that much masturbating. No. But yeah, it's a, it's a no. So it's, thoughts on the movie besides um, it being weird. It was a really interesting dichotomy. So I watched it last night. Um, I got home from work and watched a couple episodes of Umbrella Academy and I was kind of in that headspace and then um, and let it get dark because I wanted to watch the lighthouse that evening. I waited uh-huh. until it got dark um, and started it. And I immediately like within the first 15 seconds, just I could tell that my level of awareness was different hmm. for this. Um, it was, it was a really interesting dichotomy. Just like I was, I was really in it. I was scanning the screen and my, I'm just, I'm listening to, to every detail and I'm mm-hmm. just, I'm, that is the thing I'm focused on umbrella Academy. Like I'm watching and I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm into it, but my brain's kind of just going off in different directions. Yeah. And I'm not a hundred percent with mm-hmm. it. It's just it, good movies kind of put you in that headspace, and I don't know exactly how they do it. Um, but something about capital f film yeah flips that extra switch um yeah no it's uh do you watch it with the subtitles yes kind of have to yeah (laughs) you're not gonna follow what fucking i I, like i I tried experiments in a couple of scenes where i was like yeah i follow most of that there's two or three words that i'm just like i don't really know what that was yeah so did you get the whole prometheus theme it's pretty obvious yeah i I didn't actually really get that because i don't I don't really know much about mythology. Okay. I, I'm interested in it, but I didn't really know the story of Prometheus. I knew that he stole the flame. Yeah. That's all I know. Yeah. So when he when Andrew started explaining to me, he was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Like, yeah. I just didn't know the no, story. And the, well, there's like an explicit reference to it. Yeah. Um, when Defoe talks, Defoe's character talks about it. Um, and then, uh, like, the very final shot is just right out of the mythology. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, that's, like, literally Prometheus's fate. Okay, cool. Spoilers if you know it prometheus's fate is but you don't know which of them is prometheus's fate it's true um, it's the seagull the seagull gets prometheus's face also i just want to talk about like oh, we can't really it's not it's kind of a spoiler because it's it's the shift in the movie mm-hmm. where he does the certain thing let's uh let's turn on spoilers okay I want tur- to talk about turning on spoilers for lighthouse highly recommend you go watch it it's a great movie it's unsettling it's unsettling it's not for everyone if you don't like masturbating you don't see the penis no but it's very clear um so kills the seagull i was i was more just entranced by that scene than any other scene in the movie i don't know why but just watching him just like everything about the sound design and everything with it where he was just you think that was a real seagull no because the amount of blood like the way they filmed it because it was one shot Mm-hmm. The way they filmed it made it seem like that was just straight up a real seagull. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't put it past Robert Pattinson. Yeah, he's a crazy guy. They're like, okay, we have this thing that you're gonna you're gonna attack, and he's like, I want a real seagull. They're like, why? Because I'm Batman. <laughs> I want to kill a real seagull. But no, that was like, 
I just, yeah. That seagull scene. But. Yeah, no, that one got under my skin. So what is your theory of, uh, okay. So to me, the way I watched it, I was telling you, that I was, uh, describing how I watched it, I would switch every once in a while who mm-hmm. was the crazy one. Right. Did you do that or what was your approach yeah, to that? Yeah, kind of unconsciously. Well, not unconsciously, but I was like, I wasn't deliberately making a choice to shift my perspective. There was, was just a point where you're like, oh, maybe like, it's him. I was thinking about it from, I was trying to keep both both ideas in mind. I was yeah. like, someone's going crazy here. Someone's not, mm-hmm. or both are going crazy. And I'm kind of just simultaneously trying to play out both viewpoints. And I'm like, it's, it's not really telling you anything explicit. Yeah. And I mean, um, the director, Robert Eggers, has made that point that he's like, I didn't want to make a film with a whole lot of answers. He yeah. wants to just set out a whole bunch of questions. Capital mm-hmm. Literary. He's my guy. Let's go, Robbie. <laughs> Robbie Eggs. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, towards the end, what do you feel? Who do you feel is the crazy one? Was the crazy one, I guess, since Patty's dead. I mean, they both are. Okay. Um, Pattinson goes more... Um, classically mad i mm-hmm. guess um but defoe's just not right in the head yeah from the beginning basically i think i think it's an element of like pat uh, pattinson's is the crazy one mm-hmm. like i think he was seeing so I don't, I don't think defoe i think all the stuff that he was seeing with defoe mm-hmm. was not actually happening okay i think that he had this like he started kind of get this idea of just like oh like it kind of confirmation bias where he's like oh i think there's something weird about this guy and then like him just going and saying the isolation the mm-hmm. exhaustion like uh maybe he's just superstitious so he starts to think that things are happening mm-hmm. once he kills the bird and he's like oh fuck i made a mistake um i think all I mean, that stuff it's is kind of emphasized that he's not superstitious though well i think that might be like what's playing into it is mm-hmm. that he is but he says he's not like mm-hmm. i say i don't believe in ghosts but i still get fucking terrified when i hear a goddamn sound in my bathroom mm-hmm like, it's just that, like, the superstition in your brain rather than your, your okay. personal superstition. And I think it was him just, like, keep seeing things that he thought he saw, but they weren't. Like, maybe that fucking maid or that mermaid was just a pile of seaweed that he thought was a mermaid. But mm-hmm. his brain made him think it was that. Like, mirages yeah. in some way. Yeah. So I think Defoe was, uh, yeah, not right in the head. Mm-hmm. But Pattinson was fucking crazy. Yeah, no. It's... <laughs> There were a couple of scenes towards the end where I was like, man, Pattinson's making Defoe look sane here. Yeah. That's, uh, that's sane. <laughs> what a, that's a good pair of actors for that movie. Oh, God, yes. Yeah. I want to see a Batman versus Green Goblin movie now. <laughs> <laughs> I was, the you know the scene where he drags the lamp oil up the stairs? I was like, the whole time I was trying to think of a Dark Knight Rises joke with that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Bruce Wayne had it easier. Yeah. Other. Christian all right Bell. um yeah anything so, else spoiler you i don't think so um just a very strange movie i felt like i felt like it was about 10 minutes too long mm-hmm. um there's just a little bit too much insanity in the middle there and it's kind of like the way it cuts back it feels like there's one cut too many back forth between relative sanity and just everything going completely nuts. i think i see what you're saying i don't completely agree but i do kind of see what you're saying yeah. yeah it just it started to drag and i started to lose sort of that that lose. 
I know, my voice just cracked. <laughs> uh, yeah, I started to lose that kind of built-up tension that had accumulated over that the slow first 40 minutes or yeah. so. Um, still liked it quite a bit. Yeah. Oh, such um, a good movie. I, uh, the, the danger of me having a keyboard is I don't go to bed on time anymore. <laughs> so I got out of the movie and I was like, okay, I've got just this, this musical idea. Basically like three chords on the on the piano three descending chords and spent like two hours just hashing out this piece um it's a so i I did a play through about 145 a.m um just of what i'd written to see where i was at and um see if there's anything that i knew i would want to revise when i come back to it Mm -hmm. probably today or six months from now or whenever (laughs) um and it's one of those pieces where I I circle the passage and put in capital letters too tonal. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'm interested to see where that goes. Yeah. Thanks, Lighthouse, for the musical inspiration. Cool. Uh, anything else? That's it for me. What uh, else have you been up to? I watched. Oh no! I can howls. Something Howl's Castle. Howl's Moving Castle. Howl's Moving Castle. A Miyazaki movie mm-hmm. that I'll admit I fell asleep about like for about five minutes towards the end, so I don't know what the climax was about, but I do know what the full story is. Okay. Um Holy shit, Miyazaki is just like uh, Andrew showed me a book written by him about the way he makes uh, the way he st- formed a Ghibli. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for people who don't know, Miyazaki is a creator who he founded Studio Ghibli, which is an anime anime studio mm-hmm. that is the I I, I would I hesitate to say the end all be all anime studio. They don't they pride yeah. themselves in perfect quality movies, quality perfect quality movies. Yep, where they don't do sequels, they have like. I don't know how many movies have come out of Studio Ghibli, but it's not a big number. Maybe 15. Maybe 15. And it's like, if you've seen Spirited Away mm-hmm. is one of them. Uh, your Voice. Is it that one? Is that the name of it? Uh, your your Name. Your Name. Is, are yes. You, is that one Ghibli? I didn't think it was. I think it is. I'm pretty sure No, it's wait, not. no, it's not. He said it and Andrew said it's not. So yeah. not that one. Uh, but Princess Mononoke. Princess Mononoke is another one. Um, really like that one. Uh, but yeah, like these my big... Neighbor, my Neighbor Totoro. Uh-huh. These big, like, well-known, just amazing anime movies. Yeah. My, um, um, no one in my family is, like, remotely interested in anime, but my dad and my brother are all over Studio Ghibli movies. My brother yeah. got HBO Max because they had the complete collection. Oh, they do? Yeah. <gasps> oh, news by the way i'm switching all my i'm switching my subscription to dc from dc universe to hbo max okay because they have announced that they're getting rid of the annual payment mm-hmm. and sticking to monthly payment mm-hmm. which basically increases the annual payment by 20 dollars. and i don't want to i don't feel like getting shafted like that so fair enough peace out um anyway so anyway. Yeah, i watched that i can't really it, it's great i i don't know what else to say it's like you like the characters. It's like it leaves what's happening a mystery. So basically, she gets turned old. The main character gets turned old by another witch, mm-hmm. by a witch. And throughout the story, you see her getting younger and then back to old and stuff like that. And it's kind of this this thing that it makes you kind of throughout the entire movie go, oh, I wonder if 
I wonder if it has to do with this. I wonder if it's like her confidence in herself is what makes her younger mm-hmm. because she's a very non-confident person at the beginning. Like right. maybe that's the development stuff like that. Don't remember the conclusion and what the answer was because I fell asleep because it was midnight and we were only staying awake so that we could shred our chicken to go back to, to go to bed. Mm-hmm. So I was really tired. Um, but I did. I mean, I watched most of it. I'm going to have to watch the last scene of it again. But mm-hmm. um, no, it's just really good. Okay. That's all I have to say about it. My phone's at 4% and I have all my notes on my phone. So we need to get okay. cranking into the story. Uh, okay. News real quick. Uh, Bill and Ted face the music trailer, new trailer. I'm kind of worried about this movie. It's probably going to be bad. It looks like they're just going for like big CGI action movie, mm-hmm. sort of. But like in a Bill and Ted sense, I don't think that's going to work. It's kind of, yeah, concerned. Yeah. Um, Tenet release schedule is uh, it's getting an international release on yeah. August 26th and a limited North America release on September 3rd. So maybe we'll have to drive to Dallas to see it. Fucking worth it. Yeah. Road trip. Oh, dude. REM Productions road trip. That'd be sweet. Um, we need to jump on those tickets, though. Yes. We need to know exactly when those are going on sale and fucking stay up. Yes. Um, a few people have seen private screenings of Tenet, and they think it's amazing. Okay. Um, Classic. Not surprised. Uh, let's see. Uh, the, the star of Gone with the Wind, Olivia de Havilland, has died at the age of 104. Aw. Sad, but That's like, a long age. That's... Yeah. She was the star of the biggest movie of 1939. So, look at her. Way to go. What a life. Um, let's see. Uh, I This isn't major news, but I saw this this headline. Uh, Seth Rogen confirms he was hired to help make Doolittle script funnier. No wonder that movie tanked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else you got? Uh Oh, shit. What was it? Uh oh, uh, Death in the Family animated movie. Oh no! Yeah, they're uh they're apparently doing it as a choose your own adventure. Where you <laughs> well, no, like, it's a ref that that's got to be a reference to the way they handled it. Yeah, so so you, you get to choose whether to kill Robin or not. Yeah, so for people who don't uh, context on that, so the Death in the Family is in ninety, nah, like eighty eight or something, eighty nine. Almost 90s. Look it up. Um, where Jason Todd was Robin. He was the second Robin. Dick Grayson has gone and become Nightwing. And now Jason Todd is this new Robin. He's a super angsty guy. And people didn't really like him. So basically what DC did is they didn't like him because he replaced the first Robin. So basically DC was like, hey, all right, we're going to do a call-in survey. We're going to do a story of Robin maybe getting killed. And you can tell us if you want him to die or not. So you can call this number and vote. And you can... Uh, 88. What? Oh, you bitch. Um, wait, did it start in 88 or did it end in 88? I think it just was all 88. Oh, it was all in 88. Like it's a, yeah, it's a pretty short one. Um, so people called in. And the vote was 49% to 51% kill him. Mm-hmm. And so they killed him. They had him die at the end of that story. Mm-hmm. Um, which no one stays dead except for, oh, so he's one of the people, if you hear the the phrase, no one stays dead except Uncle Ben, Bucky, and Jason Todd, except Bucky and Jason Todd are back. Because Bucky's back as Winter Soldier and Jason Todd's back as Red Hood. Um, but it's really cool to see the other, like, you can see the, the sketch of if he was alive and he's like, he's alive! And it's like the same pose, mm-hmm. but it's like, he's alive! Um, 
But yeah, so we all voted, or people voted to have him killed, and he's still not dead. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I guess they're going to do that. They're going to do something like that where you can choose a a callback to that. Yeah. How are they going to do that? Uh, Presumably the the way they did it with the... um that Netflix choose your own adventure. Oh, it's going to be a Netflix one. kind of thing. I, I don't know. Exactly Maybe on HBO Max. It. Yeah. Cause then that'd be really ballsy to have two separate movies. And in every theater, they need, to, they need two screenings. One of he dies and one of he doesn't. They yeah. just walk into the right one. I don't know. I don't know how they do it, but okay. Yeah. Uh, they're going to change a whole lot of the story. They're going to throw the justice league in there more than they need to, because yep. that's what they've been doing with these animated movies. Yep. I feel um, like is Joker gonna get diplomatic immunity? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it's kind of a dumb comic. It's yeah. Eighties and nineties were not great for comics. Watchmen v from Dead Island for Swamp DC thing. specifically, because Swamp Thing was under Vertigo. That's true. They moved him, or they moved him to Vertigo. Uh, Dark Knight Returns, Batman Year Zero, Year Vertigo. One. I think those were no, those weren't under Vertigo. But they were bad years for the running titles. Okay. There, we can say that. Because <laughs> it was. like It was this point where it was um, seeing the decline. I'm not going to get into history about this. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. Uh, okay. So. I think that's all of it. That's all of it. My phone's at 4%. All right. I'm going to see if I can find a charger. I see that charger. I see that outlet right there. I'm going to see if I can plug it in. So I can at least okay. I did find one other news, actually, that I was thinking of. Uh, we're going to get Black Suit Superman in the Snyder Cut. Oh, I saw that. He revealed that. Yeah. I'll be right back. I think that's going to be pretty cool. You're probably going to have to cut something out of this thing. Yeah. Or <laughs> I can I can talk about Black Suit. I don't know. I don't have enough momentum. I stayed up till 2 in the morning writing music after listening to The Lighthouse. It's, uh, yeah, something. Okay. Okay. Got your charger. I got my charger. It's over there charging. But okay. I only really need the notes every for the to read what's on there, right. and then we're going to discuss. Yep. So this is part two of the episode we did yet last week that is all of the DC movies that they've announced because they don't know when to fucking stop, and they haven't announced any other ones, have they? Not recently. Okay, good. Well, actually, they just did uh, Death in the Family animated movie. Choose your own adventure. Those ones will happen though. Right. They're really good at delivering on the animated movies, so I'm not worried about That's those. Different. Um, but. They have, how many was it? 16 plus 6? 22 movies that they've announced that are not solidly coming out. Yep. We're ignoring all the movies that are coming out, like Aquaman 2, Shazam 2, uh, Wonder Woman 84, Wonder Woman 84 Batman. Batman, like those ones that are, uh, and Flashpoint, which is still, I think that one's active enough to give it the pass. Yeah, they've got a director attached again. Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> the 14th director. Something so what like we're going to do is we're going to look at these movies, all the information about them. And we're going to decide if they should happen. If looking at the present day, what exists, if it were to come out next year, should it? Right. And then we're going to talk about what we would do to make it a good story. Right. Um, we've got some good ones. We liked, we liked a few of them last week. The Blue Beetle stuff, like yeah. how that character works, stuff like that. Um, so we're going to have two more episodes, this one and the next one. And we're going to cover eight more each one because I got 16 left. Mm -hmm. So. All right. Grab my phone. Okay. Fill some dead time. First one. Deathstroke. There's supposed to be a Deathstroke solo movie. For some reason. For some reason. Because that's a 
solo character. So attached, let me flip my phone so I can see the words better because it's small. Attached is Gareth Evans as the screenwriter and director. Oh. What's he done? Let me double check that, but I think a lot of stuff. While you're reading that, uh, Warner Brothers greenlit the film after Evans impressed executives with his story pitch, which he described as dark and unforgiving, similar to Korean noir films, which is a very interesting connection between, like, I mean, there's an element of, like, sword and kind of, like, the slashy sword. What's he done? He's The Raid. The Raid. Yeah. I haven't seen it. That's one of the best action movies of the past decade. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Okay. Um, The project has been delayed and that he was no longer actively involved with development, but the filmmaker revealed that the story that that was developed was to portray the character's origin. Okay. Should this happen if it were to come out next year? If Gareth Evans is on board, heck yes. Hell yeah. Like... If it's his origin story, we don't need the basis. We've seen him mm-hmm. on on screen. It was the backup, or it was the, the post credits of Justice League. Yep. But it's still, he's there. He's existed. It's going to be kind of hard to sell it. But you have your rated R. You're you could play to the uh, well. He's not humorous, so you can't play to the uh, Deadpool crowd. Right. Which, if you don't know, just... Deadpool's literally a spoof of Deathstroke. Yeah. Slade Wilson, Wade Wilson, Deathstroke, Deadpool. There's strokes in pools. I've explained this about three times on this podcast. That's the first time I was paying attention. (laughs) Cool. But, cool. I I think that's the first time we've ever just been like, yeah, this needs to happen. Yeah, just a cool bloody action movie with Deathstroke as the the mercenary. That'd be be pretty sweet. Yeah, and his, uh, his origin is not too... Un- I don't know why I didn't plug this back in. That was irresponsible. Uh, I don't, uh, his origin is not too unrelatable. Okay. It's unrelatable. What but is his origin? Tell so us basically, it depends on what you're going with. Um, but the gist of his origin is that he was a military guy mm-hmm. with his buddy uh, Wintergreen. Okay. Um, and he became a mercenary through, for some reason, some military experiments where he got like superhuman strength like not superman strength but like he's stronger than your average guy right he's a lot smarter than your average guy there's a whole thing about the fact that his brain when he like when that kind of shit happened like his first fuck i believe it's his first appearance as the teen titans the new teen titans Mm -hmm. where uh i i've made the whole i actually posted on this instagram that's not there anymore but his son, so he he joins Hive, and Hive's like, "Hey, we're gonna give you these powers." And then the son's like, "I want to do it," and I hate the Teen Titans because they broke into or they crashed into my apartment, so I want to kill them too. So he goes to Hive, and they're like, "Okay." And then so they give him the power, but he is not basically strong enough mentally and physically to handle the powers like mm-hmm. Slate is. So he ends up overusing his powers and aging and dying. Mm-hmm. And Slate is like, the Teen Titans did this. I will get my revenge on them. <sighs> so, like, the Teen Titans didn't fucking do anything. His yeah. son was just a little idiot and got himself killed. And now Slade vowed vengeance. That has completely changed since the 80s. Uh, <laughs> One would hope. But, uh, so basically, yeah, he he's had some experiment on him that gives him, I would say, Captain America-style okay. talents. So, 
given that we've had Captain America, it's not a stretch to get audience on board with it. Yeah. Just give them the experiment. Give them like, cause it was the whole thing. I was like, I can use a hundred percent of my brain mm-hmm. back when that was a rumor or that was a myth. Still of, is. Still is a myth. Fucking get over it. People. <laughs> <laughs> not how brains work. Well, okay. I think the myth is still rooted in the fact that like, in order for you to remember something, you're only using 10% of your brain because you're using the 10% of your brain that has to do with remembering it. Right. It's a, yeah. Like, you're not using the part of your brain that registers smells when you're trying to remember something, unless right. it has to do with smells. Right. It's a, yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. So, that's the that, that thing, is that he's able to, he's a master strategist. Mm-hmm. Like, he prefers a sword. He's an assassin. He never fails any uh, any missions until one of them has to do with the justice league because mm-hmm. he always fails those right that's dc has a tendency to do that they have to do it does it with de- uh, uh dead shot too mm-hmm. it's like oh he never misses a shot unless his target is like a main character yeah. <laughs> then he misses his shot um so yeah right. it'd, be, it'd just be that it'd be like him him in war with his buddy wintergreen oh this is the funny thing is he and wintergreen are partners until slade gets his abilities and then wintergreen becomes his butler can you imagine if I just made you my butler? <laughs> I thought that was the end game of this whole REM Productions thing. Oh, that's was... true. Everyone's going to be my butler. Right. I'll be the ruler of everyone. And I will buttle mightily. Yeah, you will. Next one! Next one! What do we got? Ah, I just my smacked my mic right in the face. Uh Oh, here's, a, here's, here's one. Okay. Gotham City Sirens. Remember when that movie was announced? There was a lot of talk about this one. So it was going to follow Harley Quinn, Catwoman, and Poison Ivy. Okay. Two of which we don't have cast. Yeah, we uh, do. Oh, we have Catwoman to cast now. Uh, at the time, we didn't. Right. Uh, Ayer, who did Suicide Squad, signed on as okay. a director, co-producer. Cool. Geneva Robertson Dwaret on, was on board to write the script. Right. Who's that? No idea. Cool. Writers aren't household names anyways. Uh, Robbie, that's not how you spell her name, Preston, uh, is on, was on for executive producer. Doesn't matter. Just slapping the name on it. Yep. Uh, Jeff Johns and John Berg were on to produce. Don't know who the second one is. Yep. But also producers. Eh. Yeah. Uh, and it was postponed in favor of Birds of Prey. Makes sense. And Leto, 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 Leto. Leto. Leto was confirmed to reprise his role as the Joker. So, given, plug my phone back in, put it back over here. This is an annoying process. Given. Given where we are right now, Mm -hmm. if this movie were to come out in a year, should it? Nope. Nope. This is too reliant on a, it's the same problem with the Batgirl movie. It's a movie that's set in a world that is defined by Batman, and we don't have a Batman fixed point yet. Right. Um, There's probably a version of this movie that could come out in three years and Mm -hmm. be pretty darn good. With a different Joker, presumably. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Not well, uh, the thing is, like, fuck, the Joker doesn't need to be involved in that. That's just no. putting a male character in a movie that in a, in a movie that doesn't need a male character. Yeah. Like, the thing about the Gotham City Sirens is they're kind of the anti-hero group. Yeah. Like, Harley Quinn used to be a villain. Yep. Given. But I've talked about this before. She's undergoing this massive initiative, or they're going under this massive initiative to reconstruct her as an antihero. Mm-hmm. Poison Ivy is kind of alongside that. Like the focus is on Harley Quinn, but she, but Poison Ivy is kind of being taken along that ride with right. her. 
because Poison Ivy is both of them have a very good reason to be an antihero. Mm-hmm. Harley Quinn was being manipulated and corrupted by the Joker, who is a villain. Right. So her breaking out of that cycle and that that restraint of the Joker lets her become a bad guy. So she's got the experience. She's like, I've already killed people. Might as well just keep killing people. Mm-hmm. But I'm not a villain villain. Right. So that gives her that thing uh, with Kelsey Cuomo being her. What a good casting, by the way. Have you seen that show yet on yeah. DC Universe? You need to get in, get into that before I cancel the subscription. Yeah. Um, it's a fun show. Uh, and then Poison Ivy is literally just an eco-terrorist. Yeah. Like, we can you can bring that down from just, like, eco-protesting with a little questionable activities, but, like, not purely eco-terrorism. You, yeah. You can come up with a well-intentioned person that just goes too far. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's her. And then Catwoman is just kind of established as an antihero at this point. She yeah. started as a villain, but, oh, great love interest for Batman. So they're like, well, we can't have him loving a villain. Thing about her. Huh? Because that's the most interesting thing about her. Yeah. Um, so honestly, the thing is, we could just, if if we stay true to the fact that this is a about the three of them, we don't mm-hmm. need a solid Batman. No. We put them in a Gotham that Batman's gone for some reason. Okay. Maybe like, holy shit, Bane just broke Batman's back. We Suddenly went on the Batman. So we maybe we have Christopher Nolan fucking do it. No, Batman's back in that one, so it doesn't matter. Okay. Um but anyway, no. So give a reason that Batman's not around. Mm-hmm. Maybe like maybe that's the reason they're around. They're like, oh shit, Batman's gone. We're gonna have to kind of keep the mob and people in line. Yeah. And then you give them I don't know. Give them like a villain that they can they can keep down and like fight and keep mm-hmm. him away. Like maybe a penguin. Yeah. Maybe put him against penguin because, I mean, he's got a relationship with Poison Ivy. Maybe put Poison Ivy on point for the whole thing, mm-hmm. where she's the one that has a relationship with Penguin. Mm-hmm. And then you have Harley Quinn that's there, that's not the main lead, but she's there for the, I mean, she's Harley Quinn. It's Margot Robbie, yeah, like name boost. And then you've got, um, who's Catwoman? Forgot who it was. Not the character who's playing Catwoman. Right. Uh, 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 Zoe Kravitz. Right. Yes. Uh, oh yeah. Aquaman's uh, stepdaughter. Um, half daughter. What? Step- no, it wouldn't be a half daughter. It'd <laughs> be your full daughter. <laughs> stepdaughter. What? It's his wife's daughter, but it's not his daughter. Zoe Kravitz is like, is, uh. um, Jason Momoa's half daughter or stepdaughter. I keep saying half daughter. Weird. We've talked about this. No, when they haven't. announced it, we did. I was like, hey, Aquaman's uh, Catwoman's dad. I don't remember that. Man, you don't remember anything we talk about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so yeah, I think I think if you play that, like you get rid of the Batman, you get rid of the Joker, you get rid of like the people that everyone identifies as Gothamites. Mm-hmm. Or you move them to a different city. Hell. Sure. Put them in a weird city. Uh, make them, maybe like Batman chased him out. Yeah. They're like, I don't want to, I want to do good, but Batman doesn't trust us. And I don't want him just like looking over my shoulder all the fucking time. Yeah. So I'm going to move down to goddamn, I don't know, Massachusetts. Yeah. Clean up Boston. Huh? Clean up Boston. Clean up Boston. Oh, there we go. We got our, uh, that went New York. Um, those are very different. (laughs) Yeah, I did. It was not Boston. It was New York. I had uh, anyway, fucking whatever. 
Um, but yeah, I think Harley Quinn. Her accent's. Is it New Yorkin or Boston? Both. Something. Depending on how you, it's it's Gotham. It's Gotham. It's Gotham. Anyway, yeah. So, do you think you like that pitch? Passable pitch. Yeah, I think. Put I think him somewhere else. I, th- I think that's workable. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just push him somewhere else. DC won't do that, of course. But... No, God no. DC won't do any of the things we suggest. Right. Because they're stupid. and Not until we own them. Not until we own them. Not until I own them. Right. You're just my employee. That's true. What Next you... one! Whatever you say, boss. Uh, oh, here we go. Uh, I guess we can actually switch this one around. Uh, from Gotham City Sirens to Harley Quinn and Joker film. No. No. Nothing about nothing to fix that. That movie just should not happen. Nope. That is a cut and dry. No. No. Stop that. Bye. It in any way it's going to romant- romanticize the relationship between the two of them, yep. which is a terrible idea. And yep. we've already seen it now by the Birds of Prey movie. Yep. We ended that. There's no more story to tell. If you do a Harley Quinn and Joker movie, I will actively boycott and I will use my medium as the owner of a Fortune 500 entertainment company to stop people from watching it so you're saying if that movie comes out we'll be a fortune 500 company yes by the time that movie comes out this movie should come out (laughs) oh oh shit yes (laughs) okay so now we're done with oh god damn it joker film leto leto executive producer no (laughs) so well that was easy yeah those two easy ones now is there a version of a joker film you'd like to see maybe we get like a, a serious actor i don't know a Joaquin Phoenix type and um here's an idea let's uh do kind of a period piece with it yeah set it back like 80s or something do kind of a Scorsese vibe yeah taxi driver uh king of comedy that kind of thing do it a little more serious just remove Batman from the equation entirely what if we just like have like I mean we like put it before Batman Mm -hmm. honestly like have him because I mean, Joker always exists where there is Batman. We put it before Batman because removing Batman when Joker's around would mm-hmm. be kind of hard to do. Right. So we'd have to do it before Batman. Right. So maybe he's like a kid still. Yeah. We could, we could, well, Thomas Wayne would be like, he could actually be kind of yeah. a player. He'd be involved in the city. Yeah. He'd be a, yeah. So like, and we, we could do this thing like Joker's all chaos. How do we, how do we justify the way Joker is? Yeah. Do we, because the Joker in the comics is very just much, much just like, I just want to create chaos. But what if Joker's been wronged and we show that he's been wronged? Make him a sympathetic sympathetic character amid the culture of Gotham. I don't know. We, we could mean, use we, we could have... use Thomas Wayne in that way. We could yeah. Thomas Wayne's the fucking one percent. Well, yeah, we'd have to we'd have to play it in a way that makes it like kind of unreliable. Like it's not entirely sure if we should trust the narrative we're being presented That's true. exactly. Because yeah. then um Well how do we frame that? We do we frame it that like he's telling the story to someone? That would be, yeah, that'd be a good way to do it. I mean, they end it yeah. where he's like in a, an asylum and he's just like, he's, he like tells that yeah. whole story and she's just like, and he starts laughing. He's like, why are you laughing? And he's like, ah, you wouldn't get it. Yeah. That, that sounds like a pretty joker way to do that. Yeah. I like it. Cause then you look back and you're just like, fuck, is all of this like bullshit? Yeah. And we can do a thing where like he even, he even inspires like a, uh, like he becomes the joker accidentally. Mm-hmm. Like he, maybe he's. Well, maybe he's a clown as he is, like not a stand-up comedian. Maybe he wants to be a stand-up comedian. Reference the Red Hood thing, but like he's a, he's a clown. Yeah. Um, 
And so, and he does a, a thing where he's been wronged. And so suddenly the whole like city's like, oh, there's this Joker clown guy. Mm-hmm. And he kind of steps into that role. He's like, okay, well, people think I am. Mine as well be. Yeah, send in the clowns. And then he starts this like whole riot thing, like especially amid our current culture where there's riots about people yeah. stepping on, yeah. on, on the lower, nice. on the lower class Ooh, people. Some, and then, we got some themes going in there. Yeah. All right. I'm liking this. So there's riots. Maybe we could have the riot be kill- what kills... Wait, man, we really oh, hammered this snap. joke. <laughs> <laughs> we really hammered this joke all the way. I was just not even going to acknowledge it. <laughs> <laughs> I just like, we got to the, we hit that threshold where I was like, man, we just got to end this joke because we've, <laughs> we've been going on forever. Well, I was just taking it as an excuse to talk about how much I like that movie. It's such a good movie. It's a good movie. Okay. Um, so now that we're done with all the, uh, yeah, all the Gotham based stuff. Uh, Green Lantern Corps. David S. Goyer and Justin Rhodes were set to co-write the screenplay. Okay. Goyer and Jeff Johns were going to write the story. Okay. And then Goyer's producer. Okay. And then Warner Brothers described the movie as lethal weapon in space. They're cops. They're space cops. I don't know what lethal lethal weapon really, what the story is like with lethal weapon or what it's like. Mel Gibson and Danny Glover do some stuff one of them's a loose cannon one of them straight laced i haven't seen it all right so straight laced and loose cannon we have fucking like maybe hal jordan and or not hal jordan um john stewart mm-hmm. who's not the arrogant because okay do you know all the green lanterns and what their deals are there's alan scott he's the first first guy. one he's all uh well depends on what continuity uh new 52 made him younger and gay and i actually really like that version um mm-hmm. The fact that he's gay really doesn't play into it. They just needed more diversity. Referencing my movie or my my video to come out about all their forced inclusivity. Um, there's Alden Scott. And the next one, so he was the Earth 2 one. Earth 1 is, the first one is Hal Jordan. Right. Test pilot, arrogant, I got this. Ryan Reynolds type. Ryan Reynolds type. Um... He sticks to mainly about three or four con- constructs entirely. I'm going to check on mm-hmm. the audio. It's probably a good plan. We're good. Okay. Yeah, he's kind of the classic Green Lantern everyone knows. Like, yeah. Then then there is uh, Guy Gardner, who is an arrogant – he's also arrogant. Kinda, noticing a theme. Yeah. Actually, they're the only two arrogant ones. He's the, like, really arrogant asshole. Like, he'd be the loose cannon mm-hmm. one if there was. Like, rough and loose with the rules – like bordering like anti-hero kind of personality. He mm-hmm. can't kill people because their rings have a rule that they can't kill people. Right. Um, or create life. Um, cause comics. And then there's John Stewart mm-hmm. who is an ex Marine is an architect. So all of his things are like, you can see all the rivets in the construction of all of his constructs mm-hmm. because he's very like, knowledgeable in that kind of thing where like his mind works as how is this thing actually built right rather than just the existence of it uh he being an ex-marine he's got that whole personality of just like what can i do like i will die for this and like super honor driven and stuff like that Mm -hmm. great character um so he'd be the straight like the 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 danny glover the danny glover Glover yeah probably not Treading on some really bad ice right there. <laughs> uh, and then there's Kyle uh, Kyle Rayner, who is an artist who gets ca- who gets asked to be the 
Last Green Lantern. This is when Hal Jordan goes evil, kills the entire Green Lantern Corps and all the Guardians, and there's Ganthet, who's the last Guardian. He's like, hey, we need fucking somebody. And you're like, I don't know. I can't remember why they chose him. But he's an artist, so he's mm-hmm. very creative about his constructs. And he's very humble. Mm-hmm. He's like, I don't I, I don't think I deserve this. Like, So everything he does is to prove himself to himself. Okay. Um, so that's a really good character. Okay. Um, then there, the new ones are Jessica Cruz, who gets the the ring the power ring the evil power ring so her whole deal is overcoming a ring that wants to be bad mm-hmm. because she and she's a recluse she is traumatized and that's why the ring takes her over so she's got i haven't read her full development because that's mm-hmm. coming up soon for me um but her whole thing is overcoming that overcoming fear overcoming um the a uh, similar to the jaime reyes thing mm-hmm. where there's this the scarab that wants to kill people and then jaime who's a good kid Right. And that's like her. She's inherently good, traumatized, scared, and this ring wants to do bad things, and she's got to learn how to handle mm-hmm. that. Good story. Um, then there's Simon Boz, who is a, uh Islamic guy who mm-hmm. um, he – I've only seen the really introduction to him. I haven't explored that. But basically, he's something where he was a kid when he watched – 9-11 happened mm-hmm. and so a lot of his story is his family who's muslim good muslim people being targeted because mm-hmm. they're muslim and that's a really like sensitive story yeah that they probably i i feel like dc that's a, that's a dc wants to be progressive but that is risky mm-hmm. they should do it mm-hmm. fucking take a goddamn stand but do they do it right Oh, in the do they do it right in the comics? Yeah, I don't know. I haven't the the way they portray him, his earliest origin story. That part of it is really good. It okay. shows it shows them in a in a like this is a really like everyone was hurt by nine eleven mm-hmm. for different reasons and like showing like kind of the results of that and the, the ramifications of that. Uh, his brother ends up getting framed. His brother or he end up getting framed for bombing an, uh, uh, an abandoned factory mm-hmm. uh, because he got into a car. I think he was like running away from something and he got into a car that happened to have a bomb in it that was running. And so he was like, okay, the only place I know is this abandoned factory. So he drove there so that it would blow up people, not people. Mm-hmm. And it was like, they blew up a factory instead of, so it's right. like this whole like misunderstanding. It's a, it's a, it's an interesting story. And I'm, about, I'm actually about to read it again because I'm getting to that reread. Cool. Um, so that's him. Mm-hmm. And then, and then there's a million fucking other green lanterns. I'm going to fly through. Let's talk about Mogo. Who's literally the planet. Yep. Um, there's badge. Who's a fucking squirrel Woo. and chip. Who's another squirrel. Yep. Uh, there is Kilowog. Who's the drill sergeant, big dude. Mm-hmm. There's Sinestro. If you're talking prior to him becoming bad, right. Who's the, the best green lantern ever. Yep. There's, yeah, uh, his name is Sinestro and he looks like the literal devil. So you kind of know where that's going. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's Tomat, Tom, Tomat Sue, Tomar, Tomato, Tomato, Tomato. Right. He's a big red guy. <laughs> <laughs> now there's to- Tomar, Tomar something, um, that he is, uh, he's just, he's got a fin on his head. I don't really know much about his characterization. Um, but he's kind of this like ally, like a, he's a, he's a good, he's a straight, uh, straight and narrow, um, uh, Green Lantern, just a good guy. Truth, justice in the intergalactic way. Yep, exactly. Uh, and just all the other kind of things. And there's the Guardians, and all of them have like mm-hmm. f- their whole fucking deal. But basically, all right. So 
if we're talking about a Green Lantern movie, should it happen? Yeah, I mean, we I think one. it could happen. Yeah. I, I think there's enough untouched characters. It's a thing. Everything that we've done so far is Earth based. Mm-hmm. If we just talk about yeah, these two fucking uh like we've introduced the existence of green lanterns right that they have been there mm-hmm. um and that little thing so we could hell we, we could even start with Ooh, ooh. no that because that was way back fucking forever ago oh what if we start with that scene from wonder woman mm-hmm. no it's not wonder woman uh justice, justice league, league. Start, and then we and we it's that scene we see that green lantern die and the ring fly off we follow the ring and it goes to find maybe kilowog mm-hmm. and we get like a little bit of like oh this is kilowog and this is and then we introduce how the ring works because that's mm-hmm. a good way it's we've already seen that mm-hmm. we follow that and it goes trying to find a new person no because it's trying to find a the person for 2418 which is the earth sector right so it would have to go find probably abin sir mm-hmm. which or whoever if abin sir is the next one um he can be he can be uh so that wouldn't really work because what i'm saying is like the movie should start the the story of the movie should start where john stewart and um guy gardner if they're wanting to do loose cannon straight narrow guy Mm -hmm. the two of them are already green lanterns Mm -hmm. um because trying to introduce two characters two new characters and how the green lanterns work and the story and all this stuff is a bit finicky. So like you'd have to kind of, that'd be kind of hard. Yeah. Maybe they don't do lethal weight lethal weapon. Maybe they do Kyle Rayner. No, fuck it. Jessica Cruz. Uh, Ana de Armas. Uh, Give her a ring. Change uh, her story a little bit. Make her overcoming fear, but not like the ring thing. Don't worry about that whole part, but maybe Ben Affleck will give her a ring. No, <laughs> shut up. Ben Affleck. Stop it. She's mine. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think I think there's. I think doing a Green Lantern core movie is a bad idea if you don't have a Green Lantern movie first. Something to establish in the current continuity how that works. Yeah. Yeah, I think I agree. Unless you want to get Ryan Reynolds back. Boy, do I! I would love a Ryan Reynolds Hal Jordan. Yeah, he's a good good Hal Jordan. Movie's not great. Taika Waititi's amazing, as he always is. Mm-hmm. Lake Lively and Kyle, uh, Ryan Reynolds, they've got some chemistry, I yeah. would say. Mark Strong could come back as Sinestro. Mark Strong back as Sinestro. Oh, he deserves it's a it. good cast. Yeah. The whole cast is good. Yeah. Just the movie's not great. Yeah. So, like, maybe just... Maybe we bring that movie in and we say, hey, this is part of the universe. Don't think about it too hard. We're going to do a new one. <laughs> we're yeah. gonna we're not going to redo it, mm-hmm. but that's there. Yeah. We're just going to, like, it's kind of how they're bringing in fucking Michael Keaton. Yeah. That movie's, well, those movies are good. First one. First one's, first one's good. Second one's okay. I don't particularly like them, but I acknowledge that they're passable. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But, yeah, I think you'd have to, if they they did that, then they could go, all right. Because then they have to explain, because they explained that every sector has one ring. Right. If they're doing a fucking buddy cop thing, you have to explain why there are goddamn six people with a ring on the earth. Right. Earth's very special. Earth has a lot of problems. Infinity stones, too many power rings. Yeah. Man. They really need to do something that like, I think 
what they would do is they'd like they'd have these two guys that you just you just you got Idris Elba mm-hmm. and who would play Guy Gardner who's a who can play a good asshole Tom Cruise no Ryan I'm, Reynolds uh Dennis Leary oh so he's like a little older yeah okay so we have the two of them yeah and they're like going around and they're on some other planet that's in the sector and they're just talking about like fucking this is stupid that like how jordan gets earth and we're supposed to be like doing around this stuff it's like yeah and, and then they're like they maybe they just they're grumbling about something that explains why there's three rings mm-hmm. for this sector and they're just like how jordan gets his own like it was supposed to be mine but earth's got too many problems with that dark side attacking and like shit yep. like that and they're just like grumbling about it so they're then we ignore earth entirely mm-hmm they're on other planets. We like, it's just them dealing because then we answer the question. All right. You got these green lanterns. This green lantern. That's always on earth. Does nowhere else in the sector have problems. And then we go, mm-hmm. no, they have a lot of problems. That's why we have two other green lanterns handling those problems. Yeah. Uh, and then maybe they can explain that. Um, Cause one of the things that happens is, the reason they explain in DC why Earth has so many problems is because it's actually the center of the multiverse mm-hmm. because all of the multiverse changes have happened on Earth. Right. So it does have a tendency to attract multiverse energy of why people in a multiverse get teleported and shit like that. Why, why there's so many anomalies happening around Earth is because because those anomalies have happened on Earth already and it just attracts more. Boy, that's your comic bookie. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, so they could explain that somehow, but yeah. I think if we have the Hal Jordan, mm-hmm. we do. We have that. Maybe we do the Justice another Justice League movie following up. Have something that explains that there's a Green Lantern on Earth still. Mm-hmm. That maybe he was off helping. I don't know. You'd have to look at everything you've done and explain why how why Green Lantern wasn't there for the fucking Steppenwolf deal. He's probably like. Ah, Steppenwolf, that's that's not a big deal. I'm taking this one off. They can handle it. Yeah. That's not how any of the Green Lanterns work, though. No. They're very much like, no. if it's going to be right, if it's going to be done, it's got to be done right, and I'm the only one who can do it right. Maybe All maybe, of them are that way. Maybe Darkseid's doing something else in the sector, and he's like, okay, this is the bigger problem. I can leave Earth in these guys' hands because I need to go handle Darkseid. <laughs> I just problem. imagine, I don't know how Zach, how the Snyder Cut's going to work with introducing Darkseid, but basically Darkseid comes through a boom tube, and there's, like, Green Lantern, like, in the background doing something else. Like, there's an explanation. He was handling Darkseid, Darkseid just boom tubed away from him. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not how boom tube works. You don't see both sides at the same time. Right. You He goes into this dimensional of the tube, then it closes that portal, and then opens the other one. Right. And it's really loud, apparently. Boom. Boom! Comics are weird. Comics are weird. I think if there's any core thesis we've come to over the past 140-something episodes. 43. Comics are weird. Comics are goddamn weird. All right. right. So we have come to the conclusion that that movie, as it exists, should not happen in in a year. And you would need some establishment and, and and some... fucking story working as to how and why things are the way they are really hard to explain an absence of a intergalactic police force yeah all right all right uh we already did that one already did that one justice league sequel sure sure 
Maybe that's the thing that introduces the Green Lantern Corps, Green Lantern, and then we can do Green Lantern Corps after that. Yeah, as long as we get Henry Cavill back. Uh, Patty Jenkins noted that she would be open to directing the next Justice League film. Okay. Wouldn't, I'd be on board with that. Wouldn't be a bad idea to have her be the, the kind of the Russo brothers moving forward. Yeah. She does one of the one-off character films very well, lands the sequel. I'm assuming 84 will land well, um, and then kind of takes over the, the main stuff for a little yep. bit. That'd be, yeah, I'm on board. So... I guess it's all dependent on how they're going to handle the Snyder cut and if that's officially canon. Because right. if that's officially canon, then Darkseid's been introduced and she can do something with that. If it's not official canon, we need to reintroduce Darkseid. Right. So an entirely different story based on those two decisions. Right. What, I, do you, what would you prefer? I am assuming that the Snyder cut is more of an academic exercise than a, hey, this is the actual canon yeah. that we're going for. It's more, look at this other possibility. Yeah. Let's choose your own adventure. All right, so like she, has to do, she has to introduce Darkseid. Yeah. Which would actually make sense because they are, so fun fact about the Azzarello thing mm-hmm. is they, they actually use her as the centerpiece for the new gods, like okay. High Father, Orion, who are like basically... It's it's Jack Kirby's new gods, mm-hmm. which is Apocalypse and um, I'm drawing a blank on the name that the new gods are in. Uh, we're High Father and Orion and stuff like that, and they have two two Valhalla. children that they swapped, huh? Valhalla, Valhalla, perfect. Uh, they have two children that they swapped, um, and stuff like that. And there's that whole story, but she's kind of that main thing because all the Greek gods are the old gods, mm-hmm. and all the new gods are the new gods, um. So that would be a good chance for Patty Jenkins to, uh, so do I have the new gods on this list? Yes, I do. Yep. We're not going to cover it today, but we'll talk about that. Um, mm-hmm. but what we could do, actually, I can move that up and we can talk about that too. Mm-hmm. So actually we'll do this. We'll do that in tandem. Okay. We'll do, ah! Okay. So new gods, the new gods, so we, keeping, putting a pin in the justice League sequel. Good thing. That's all we know about it. Uh, the new gods, Ava Devernay or Duvernay. Is set to is set to direct it. Mm-hmm. Um, Cario Salem is a screenwriter. Oh yeah, who's that? No idea. Okay. Uh, Duvernay and Tom King script. Okay. A team of Jack Kirby material experts have been put together to work on the project, calling the experience one of the best storytelling uh, best storytelling experience he's ever had. So writing by committee. I don't know if it's writing by. Uh, yes, an element of writing by committee, but Literally it's also to it's make sure that they stay loyal to Jack Kirby. Yeah. Um, which is fine. Cause, uh, uh, and then dark side and the female furies will, will appear in the film. So, okay, let's, I just kicked my mic. Let's, let's talk this out. All right. So I got Patty Jenkins. Who's done wonder woman. Mm-hmm. Done wonder woman one and two and two deals with, so one is introduced the gods. She's dealt with Ares. Mm-hmm. Um, she hasn't dealt with anybody, any of their gods. Has she? No. Okay. But we know that that the that the gods are real and they exist and they do things in humans. Mm-hmm. Um 84 is probably a very man's world based thing mm-hmm. where it's she's dealing with this other thing and then they were going to do an Amazon's thing mm-hmm. and then she's going to have a third Wonder Woman movie. Right. Let's get those done. Third yeah. Wonder Woman movie we introduce the concept of the new gods. Okay. Maybe we, maybe like we introduce, we bring in Orion and Orion's like, yeah, I'm from the new gods. Like, and he tries to kind of explain it, but we explain it in a way that you get what you need to know, but they don't dig into it too much. Right. 
So we've introduced the new gods through Wonder Woman 3. Then we do the new gods movie with DuVernay and then bring on Patty Jenkins to make that cohesive. Mm-hmm. And we tell the story of the new gods. We introduce Darkseid firmly as the bad guy. Because it is High Father versus Darkseid. Mm-hmm. Uh, introduce that whole story and what they all do. We can even bring in Mr. Miracle side, uh, Mr. Miracle and Big Barda yeah. in the side. Like We can explain what whole fucking Steppenwolf's role is and all that. Mm-hmm. Explain the new gods. Tell it away from everything. Yeah. And then have at the end of them, at the end of that, we explain, maybe we, it's before everything that happened. And at the end of that, we have that moment where Darkseid, his attention gets drawn to Earth. Mm-hmm. And that's why we explain why he's obsessed with Earth. Maybe okay. it's, maybe it's the thing about like, just he get the Wonder Woman gets his attention. He's like, I don't like it. She seems like she's the biggest threat to me. I'm going to stop that. Because I like the idea that Wonder Woman's the biggest threat. It's always Superman's the biggest threat. Right. Wonder Woman's pretty goddamn powerful. I'd be threatened <laughs> if she were threatening me. Um, She becomes the god of war in Brian Azzarello's run. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, So we do that. That's the thing. At the end of that, he's like, hmm, I don't like it. And then we get the next Justice League movie. Mm-hmm. And it is dark side attacking with his full force. All right. We have, we have among all that time we've introduced this new, uh, Oh no. Cause the justice league was going to introduce this next one was going to introduce the green lantern. So green lantern's been dealing with dark side elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And then dark side goes back to earth and green Lantern's like, fuck, that's my home planet. <laughs> and then, so he shows up and he shows up to the justice league and they're like, Hey, we can handle this. And he's like, Nope, you can't. I've been getting my ass handed to him or I've been getting my ass handed to me by him mm-hmm. for the past like fucking 10 earth years. Mm-hmm. And I am literally a police of the galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> you think you can handle him and I can't. Yeah. And then it's like, and probably like Aquaman tries to fight him or something. Cause that's something Aquaman would do. We and have the Hulk moment where like, yeah. just someone gets completely butchered yeah. by this guy. Um, who's something we want out. Who's a, who's a character that we could, that we could have. That exists that could be killed by Darkseid. We intru- we actually kill one of the characters. Oh snap! Um, a cyborg gets the machine half of him ripped out. Yeah, I like it. I like Ray Fisher as a person, but also we don't want him trying to bring Zack Snyder back. Yeah. So we could have yeah, first Justice League movie. Fucking like, we have this thing where. Uh, where Green Lantern shows up and he's like, guys, you don't know who I am. I'm Ryan Reynolds, but there's a thing coming and I can't describe to you who it is because they don't know who Darkseid is. Mm-hmm. No, they do because they've heard about him at the end of Justice League. They're like, oh, there's something bigger coming and kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, so like, guys, he's fucking on his way here. And Wonder Woman's like, I can probably handle him. And then he's like, no, you can't. She's like, I handled just like we handled Steppenwolf, and mm-hmm. he's like Lieutenant. He's like, not even close, yo. Yeah. <laughs> like, he killed half the Green Lantern Corps, and then we like reference the Green Lantern Corps. There we go. We set oh, our yeah. for stakes. All right. We reference the Green Lantern Corps, and half of them are dead. Green Lantern Corps movie is now the follow up of that. Like, holy shit, everyone's dead. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. All right. And we set up the stakes like he killed half the Green Lantern Corps, which is me. Maybe we introduce how powerful he actually is when he shows up. Mm-hmm. Introduce how powerful he is. Then they're like, hey, we can handle it. And he's like, no, you can't. He, me? 
There's like 700 of me that he just killed himself. Mm-hmm. This is not something you can handle. And they're like, well, who are you? And this is what I was trying to say earlier. Mm. I think you misinterpreted me. Um, and then Aquaman's like, well, who are you? I'm going to fight you. And Green oh. Lantern just puts him in the ground. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because that would actually yeah, kind of flip the flip the script of um, in in the Justice League and the New 52, the way that they like a lot of their introductions are all various, uh, various mm-hmm. varying. And Green Lantern's like, oh, I could take on Superman. And Superman just beats the shit out of him. Yeah. But we flip that. I like the idea that Green Lantern's a lot more powerful than he than people think he is. Yeah. Because he's the the galaxy. He's got to handle stuff. Yeah. So, like, we have him do that. We have him, like, duke it out with Aquaman. Aquaman just gets, like, tossed in the ocean. Yeah. I just imagine, like, a long, like, a, a long panel where it's just, like, this one really thin line of him, pew, and splashes, like, way off in the distance of the ocean. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah. So, we introduced that. And then the whole thing is them fighting Darkseid. Because, look, they've introduced Darkseid way too soon. Oh, yeah. We've talked about this. He's supposed to be the Thanos of this universe. He's the Thanos well, the of the Thanos universe. is supposed to be the dark side of the yeah. Marvel universe. But... So we deal with that, and they fight Darkseid, and then we're like, all right, I think we've got this covered. And then the Anti-Monitor's like, yo, what's up, motherfuckers? <laughs> um, Can we get a Starro movie in there first, though? Get a saw Starro movie. No, that needs to be an off the hand, like off the off the cuff conversation uh-huh. where it's just like we fought Dark Side, it's been a while. Like we fought a starfish. <laughs> like that would be like a that would be a, an Aquaman comment. Yeah, it's it's like, like, man, you are nothing. We fought a starfish. <laughs> and man, you'd think that wouldn't be anything, but boy, he was tough. He was tough. And then we just like and it like you remember the the um wonder woman that really cool artsy no it wasn't wonder woman is uh ragnarok that really artsy like them explaining the history of the valkyries and hella and like that artsy stuff we do something like that but it's the it's that that cover of the justice league where they're yeah (laughs) so yeah there we go that's our that's our whole new gods justice league wonder woman three green lantern green lantern okay we solved you dc fucking pay attention to us now, okay, how many have we covered? We've covered one, two, three, four, five, six. Wait, fuck. Deathstroke, one. Gotham City Sirens, Green Lantern Corps, Harley Quinn and Joker, Joker, Justice League sequel, and New Gods. We need one more. Okay, hit me with it. Which one do I want to do? What some, okay. Since we're on this path, Let's go with. All right, so there, uh, there's. I'm gonna give you three options, and you can decide which one I want to go. Oh, with. I have choices. There's the trench, who is one of the one of the Aquaman villains. The right. new villain's pretty interesting. Let's not do that one. I want to reread things about the trench and find out okay. more about them. All right, not the uh, trench. Push that one off. I have no more choices. Lobo, who is. Oh, you kind of know about Lobo. I know Lobo's deal. Uh, Man of Steel sequel. Mm-hmm. Or. Oh, actually, we just covered the Wonder Woman 3 sequel. Oh, yeah. Wonder Woman 84 sequel. Plot has been mapped out in the present. Jenkins and Godot plan to work on other projects before proceeding with the sequel. Wonder Woman 85. Oh, shit. Okay. So we kind of covered that one. Ah, we'll get rid of that. We'll only do seven next week. Okay. Uh, What are we at time-wise? We're at an hour and a half. Yeah. Maybe we should call it. Let's just call it. Let's call it. That's probably a good spot to call it. Shall we? We shall. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, and Podbean. Um, That was a good climactic end.
Yeah. There, uh, apparently, we're on a few other places like uh, Apple Podcasts and uh, yeah, stuff so like I know that. We were, on, we were on iTunes, which we knew that, which yep. Apple Podcasts. But apparently, we're on iHeartRadio. Yeah. So, f- f- I don't know. RSS feeds are pretty powerful. I didn't really know yep. that. We're on rssfeed.com. <laughs> <laughs> I know how this works. Uh, we're on Facebook, uh, where probably some of that rebanding stuff is going to be coming down the pipe before not too long. Uh, we are on Twitter, um, where we're going to just basically revise everything that we've ever done there and we'll continue to do. Uh, it's Justice Losers Pod at twitter.com. Yep. No, it's not something like that. Uh, yeah, check out our Instagram, though, because that stuff is going to start picking up soon. Um, it's going to be good stuff. We promise. We hope. We hope. We're optimistic. Yeah. Um. We have a Gmail, justiceloserspod at gmail.com. If you think any of those DC movies that we just pitched uh, sound like good ideas or terrible ideas, let us know. If you have an idea of how you would do them completely differently from ours and actually probably good, you should let us know, justiceloserspod at gmail.com. If you have a theory of how you could tie the Bionicle universe into this, hit us up. We want to hear it. Um, we got a Patreon. Send us money. Or don't. I mean, it's up, it's up to you, ultimately decision is yours um we have a youtube there's not really anything there right now nothing on it yet but there will be yep actually no our youtube is getting moved our youtube's getting moved don't worry about it yeah we'll tell you when we have details we'll change all that yep a stuff lot of things changing. yes everything is changing let's uh let's get excited let's get hyped tell your friends pass the word uh this is gonna be big we're gonna blow up we're gonna be the biggest you've ever seen let us know um Next week, we're going to do part three of this, so we're going to list off all the other DC movies that they have talked about doing but haven't done yet. Uh, You should tell us your thoughts on upcoming DC movies, and um, if there's a particular DC movie that you would like to see that they haven't announced, let us know. We could maybe add that in a little bonus content at the end there. Um, Otherwise, if you're, I don't know, really excited about Man of Steel 2, it's the only one I can remember from the list. Lobo. Lobo. If you're really excited for Lobo, let us know. Tell us tell us how to do it. Save us the work of actually thinking about it. Yep. It's um, probably all the things I'm supposed to have said at this point in the episode, so I can finally say thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Back to the original. Nice.